Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hello there. This is Mark Sorrell with the Plan Vision Podcast, and uh, the format today is going to be a bit of a Q&A. Uh, I am getting more questions from my clients uh, that are asking me to bring these up in podcasts, and so I'm going to do this, and I would certainly encourage people to pass along the questions. Some of the questions are a bit more detailed, so I'll try to be doing podcasts specific to those questions, and also as I go through this, I'm going to speak to, because I have a mix of clients, both expatriates across the world and U.S. clients, I may give a little note here about whom this might be directed to. The first one I get a question that comes up quite frequently about whether or not investors should put money in a bond fund or bond ETF or cash in a bank or some other place, I guess, for cash. Typically, that would be a bank. And Or should they substitute cash for a bond fund? And I think definitely using cash for any period of time uh, can be a very nice substitute for their bond fund. I think from a long-term perspective, you do want to have a midterm bond fund in your portfolio for better returns. But gosh, using cash can work out great for many investors, whether they're expatriates or even American citizens can use money market funds or CDs as a replacement for a bond fund, either on a short or even a midterm basis. Another question that I've got, question number two here was, when is the best time to buy a house? Gosh, that is really hard to answer. If you're answer, asking that from a financial perspective, so hard to know. Uh, certainly, personally, when you have enough money for the down payment and don't get too squeezed, you also want to make sure that when you buy the home, that the, uh, the mortgage that you have is not going to stress you financially and force you to crowd out other expenses that are important to you. As far as the actual timing from a market perspective, wow, uh, that could change. That, that can change too quickly. We're in this right now in the middle of April. Folks that bought a home in January, February may be able to get the same home for 10, 15, 20% less um, later this year, depending upon how severe this recession is or whatever it is that we're going to go through. So from a time to buy a house perspective, I wouldn't look, my answer is I would not look at this from a financial perspective. Buying a house is a place that you're going to live in. And I would look at it more from the personal aspects of buying a home. Are you ready to buy a house? Do you want to live in a home? Do you want to go, do you want to have the responsibilities that go along with home ownership? And the other factors that come into play, is it close to uh, areas that you want to socialize? Is the neighborhood or the building that you're going to be in a place that you're going to be happy in? Uh, will it have schools that you're comfortable in? Those are the factors to me that are more important in buying a home. I would try to look past the finances of buying a home because it's such an important place. You're going to live there, potentially raise a family there, and you want to be satisfied that will help you uh, uh, meet your, uh, help you with your quality of living. And, and sometimes you got to look past the numbers on this. So I don't know when the right time is to buy a house, but I would say it's when you certainly have the wherewithal, the financial wherewithal to do it, but also when you're ready personally to get your own home. Question or a comment I get from my clients uh, that are expats accumulating ETFs versus distributing ETFs. And for my American clients, people around the world can buy ETFs that do not pay dividends. We'd love to have them here, but around the world, they can get what are called accumulating ETFs where the dividends are kept inside the ETF and just buy more assets in the ETF. Uh, Which one is better? 
all things being equal, I would barely recommend the accumulating ETFs. They're just a little bit simpler. But um, does it really matter if you get accumulating or distributing ETFs? Mm, not really. They provide the same rate of return, same fees, same holdings. So you just have to invest the dividends uh, that you get in the distributing ETF. So to me, they don't really matter all that much. Again, if you have a choice between the two, I would recommend getting the accumulating ETF, but I don't think it matters all that much. One of the benefits though, that would accrue potentially to an accumulating ETF would be if you live in a country where they tax dividends and you can buy an accumulating ETF and the dividends that accrue inside there are not taxed, then yeah, then buying an accumulating ETF would make sense. But may not be many places in the world where, where that's an option, but that would be an important benefit of an accumulating ETF if you can get it. Question I get from my clients is when should you take social security? And I do review this with my clients as I go through a planning session with them. My quick answer to social security though, and when you should take it, is not necessarily when or how are you going to take it in such a way that you get the most money? Has you as you transition into retirement, Social Security for Americans can play an important part in their quality of life in retirement. And what I would recommend in getting Social Security, it's going to be driven by your overall wealth. And I think you should take Social Security, first of all, if you need it, then definitely take it. But if you have flexibility on one, you can take it. Take it when it's going to bring you satisfaction, when it's going to improve your stability and how you feel financially. So I wouldn't defer social security necessarily if you're ready to take it and you want the peace of mind that comes with the additional paycheck. So look past the numbers a little bit on this one and focus on how social security can improve the quality of life. And this would be the case in many respects for other decisions, maybe for people that might be receiving pensions from other parts of the world or or, or other government pensions or even other um, private pensions as well. Finally, I have a question that's uh, for Americans. It has to do with municipal bond funds. Uh, I've gotten a couple questions on that, uh, whether or not they make sense for people to, to have in their portfolio. And then what are they? A municipal bond fund is a fund that buys what are called munis or muni bonds. And municipal bonds are issued by city, counties, revenue agencies for projects. The benefit of municipal bond funds is that whomever owns the municipal bond fund does not pay taxes on the interest that's paid by the municipal bond fund. And in some states, you can get municipal bond funds where you don't pay taxes on the interest from the bond fund at the federal level and at the state level. Okay, well, that sounds great. However, those interest rates are typically lower. That's the trade-off. So you're going to be get tax-free rates of re, or tax-free interest, but the interest will be lower than conventional government bonds. The people that really benefit from this are people that are in very high tax brackets. You've got to be uh, in the probably the top one or two highest tax brackets where it really makes sense for an investor to give some consideration to this. For many people, they will use muni bond funds during their working career, but then once they retire and they're living off capital gains or off cash and their income goes or drops quite a bit, they may be much better off just investing in um, a traditional bond fund and switch their, their allocation at that point. So they really only benefit people in high income tax uh, situations. Another factor, though, which is uh, something 
we have to be aware of at this moment in time is um, some are very concerned about the credit quality of muni bonds if uh, many of the cities and counties and agencies that are responsible for supporting these bonds begin to receive, which I, I suppose is inevitable at this point, begin to have issues with revenue themselves uh, uh, due to the significant cutback in the performance of our economy. Uh, I'm gonna have to guess that some of these muni bonds may struggle and may, may have some issues with defaults or interest payments or or whatever would happen. So anyways, those are what muni bond funds are and, and how they work. Um, there you go. If you have any other questions, be sure to shoot them over and we'll, uh, we'll try to get them in our next um, Q&A podcast. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.